You're listening to the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Alright, let's get to it. Welcome to another edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. CJ Palmisano here. Yes, Sean unfortunately could not make it, but nevertheless, I am here to supply with to you with what happened or what has been happening recently in the world of professional wrestling. There is a lot of things going on. This Sunday is NXT TakeOver in your house, which I will be doing predictions for later on in the show. We have huge news of a potential NXT superstar going to AEW. Uh, Nia Jax, the footage of Nia Jax hurting Kyrie Sane has been released on Raw, but it was edited. Uh, a WWE superstar getting into a lot of hot water, giving his political opinions. Uh, Daniel Bryan re- revealing who he'd like to work with in the future, uh, whether that be in WWE, NXT, and people from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, and we have a wrestler who has recently just re-signed for WWE. But let's get into the big news that's happening that's just recently broke. I think about yesterday at the time of this recording. Adam Cole, the NXT champion. I said a top NXT superstar potentially going to AEW. Not just any top NXT superstar. The top NXT superstar. The NXT champion, Adam Cole. It was it has been reported that Adam Cole's contract with the WWE is set to expire sometime at the end of August or the beginning of September. And Britt Baker recently spoke on uh, the AEW Restricted Podcast saying, They're all one huge giant family. And I hope there's a day in the near future where Adam Cole can be in, be in a ring with the Young Bucks and Kenny and Cody It'll all come full circle, and we can be, we can all be one giant happy family. So, spending some time on this for a little while, um, my thoughts immediately come to, well, one, would I like to see Adam Cole in AEW? I would. I think it would be absolutely great to see Adam Cole in AEW. There's a lot of matches that come to mind for him in that promotion. I mean, him versus MJF would be really good if Cole was a babyface. Him versus Cody, him getting in there with the Bucks, him teaming with the Bucks again. Uh, Cole versus Moxley, Brody Lee, uh, Pac, uh, Kip Sabian, Darby Allen, Joey Janela. Uh, there's a lot of guys. Uh, Adam Cole and Chris Jericho would be amazing. Uh, Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy would be amazing. But the one match that springs to mind the most for me is uh, Adam Cole versus Kenny Omega. For those of you who didn't really watch Being the Elite in back in 2017, uh, in the early days of Being the Elite, um, there was a lot of tension between Adam Cole and Kenny Omega as to who really is the leader of Bullet Club. Kenny really was the was the uh, the leader, no doubt about it. But over in like the Ring of Honor side of Bullet Club, where you had Cole and the Bucks, Hangman Page, uh, Cody, you know, Cole was kind of leading the ranks over in Ring of Honor, and it seemed like th- uh, things were going to blow up at a Ring of Honor or New Japan pay per view where the two would clash. Unfortunately, that never happened before Adam Cole went to WWE. His last match at Ring of Honor was against Hiroshi Tanahashi at a, uh, a show in the Hammerstein Ballroom where Omega showed, showed up on the screen and then the uh, the Bucks came out to hug. It looked like they were going to super kick Cole, but then they hug Adam Cole. Kenny comes on the screen, and then Marty Skrull comes out with a Bullet Club shirt on. He has a Bullet Club umbrella. And and they super kick him and they beat up Adam Cole and he's at a Bullet Club, thus writing him off TV for Ring of Honor New Japan. Um, Adam Cole's been with WWE for the past four years, I believe, uh, about three uh, past three years, um, and arguably he has become the greatest NXT champion of all time. He has become one of the the most 
arguably the most popular wrestler in NXT's history. They they have put entire faith in him, and they have given him the ball. They gave him a faction coming in with O'Reilly and Fish and Strong coming in, all guys who were former Ring of Honor guys who cut their teeth together and wrestled against each other and traveled the roads up uh, up and down the roads together for years. Uh, so, and Adam Cole has expressed how happy he is in NXT. Now, do I actually think he'll go to AEW when his contract expires? Honestly, no. I don't think he'll go to AEW because, like I just said, he's the guy in NXT. He's the guy who is really making, like, waves, like... NXT kind of had a rebirth when Cole came around. Before Cole came around, NXT was kind of a bit of a dip, you know? They still had really good guys there. Drew was there. Uh, he won the title, and he beat up Drew after he had debuted. Uh, Rude, Bobby Rude was still there. Roderick Strong was kind of a baby face. Um, there were some really great talent there, but when the Undisputed Era came in, the talent level started growing and growing and expanding and it was really just starting to like the new this new rebirth of NXT had finally come you know uh, eventually guys like Alistair Black, I think Alistair Black was soon joining and then Ricochet was coming unless Alistair Black was already there I'm not entirely sure I'm not entirely sure. He he may have been. Adam uh, Alistair Black may have already been there. But guy, but my point is, guys like you know Alistair Black is showing up. Ricochet is showing up. Pete Dunne starting to show up more often. Um, I think that Cole has made such a huge impact as NXT champion and in NXT in general that I don't think he'd want to leave uh, just yet. I think that he'll probably stay. I think one day he could go to AEW for sure because I because Britt Baker, his real life girlfriend, works for AEW. I think they, he could show up one day, but the guy is still relatively young. I think he's twenty nine or thirty or, or just turned thirty years old, uh, so he's still got a lot of years left in him. He can stay in NXT for a little or WWE for a little while longer, and then if when his contract expires, he can go to AEW for a little bit. Uh, because I, ju- I just don't see it yet. I don't see it happening just yet. Um, and both NXT and AEW have stacked rosters. I'm just not exactly sure where Adam Cole would fit in the AEW ch- scene right away. I think another thing that AEW does really well is that they ha- they still have a lot of younger guys on that roster who they can build to be top stars one day. You know, guys like Darby Allen and Joey Janela, MJF and Jungle Boy, you know, really young guys in their 20s. And I don't think they want to oversaturate the roster with guys who are into their late 20s, into their early to mid-30s um, and make it all about them because that's a kind of a WWE thing to do where they don't want to make it all about the, the veterans, so to speak, and not give the younger guys a chance. Not to say that Adam Cole would take away spotlight from that. I'm just not sure what happens with these other guys. Again, I do think it would be cool if Adam Cole showed up in AEW, but I just don't think it's going to happen just yet. Um, but it would be great. The biggest positive from that would be is that we would find, hopefully, we would finally get a uh, the match that all of us fans who were watching BTE and Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling at the time was a match, and that is a match between Adam Cole and Kenny Omega. That's arguably like the biggest dream match uh, for me for for Adam Cole is him versus Kenny Omega because that's the match we've been wanting for so so long. But who knows? Maybe on this podcast we can make a uh, uh, AEW Adam Cole dream list. Who knows? I got a few lists coming up in the near future, and hopefully I get them out to you guys pretty soon. Um. Basically, this 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 episode is going to be covering a lot of things that's happened in the news and some things that have happened here and there on TV. I have to admit, I am a little behind with some things, but I'm not behind with what's been happening in the bigger events and the news as far as pro wrestling goes. And one of those things being that happened on TV and the news is that the footage of Nia Jax hurting Kyrie Sane has been shown, but it did not show the gash on Kyrie Sane's head.
If you are squeamish, I don't recommend you go look for it. But if you do want to take a look and see how Kyrie Sane look, uh, Kyrie Sane's uh, gash looked. Look at it. She posted on her social media on her Twitter, I believe. So you can go ahead and look at it there. Um, it's it's pretty nasty, but thank God she's okay. Brian Alvarez had reported that he got a text from an executive at WWE saying that Nia Jax needs to be effing fired. She needs to be effing fired and punished and go back to developmental. Um, I did a bit of a rant on Nia Jax in the previous episode, which you can go back and listen to. Um, and I was saying how I do think Nia Jax can be a key player. For the women's division. But. She does need to go back to developmental. She does need to go back. Because. You cannot be. On the main roster. For this long. And not learn anything. And not learn how to protect your opponent. Protect your opponent. Excuse me. You can't. Not do that. Um, in fact, I believe the buckle bomb, the uh, power bomb to the turnbuckle, has been banned because of Nia Jax. Um, now, it's not to say that that move is gone forever because it's, there's been certain situations where moves have been banned and then they come back. Like Seth Rollins' uh, curb stomp was banned for like a couple of years, maybe about a year and a half, and then he finally got it back. Um the Canadian Destroyer was banned for a long time in WWE. Sometimes they'll bring back big moves, and maybe eventually they'll change their mind. But at the moment, that uh, buckle bomb has been—it uh, has been banned for the time being. I mean, there is a history with that move that it has had some injuries. You know, twice with Seth Rollins, once where it kind of ended Sting's career, where he buckle bomb, uh, power bombed him to the turnbuckle. At a uh, night of champions pay per view against Sting, there was a uh, the other incident was when he was facing Balor to become the uh, the match to determine the first ever Universal Champion, where he hurt Balor early on in the match and then Balor still finished the whole damn thing. Um, and then recently with Nia Jax hurting Kyrie Sane, um, I, I have to say Kyrie Sane is a total champ. She really is. Uh, she really took that hit like a champ, and I'm glad she's okay. Um, I just, again, Nia Jax needs to go to developmental. She has to go developmental. She has to learn to protect her opponent. That's the thing with pro wrestling. You're in there to make it look like it's a real fight to a certain degree depending on the outcome, unless it's a comedy thing, then I'll, you know, go whatever. But for the most part, what pro wrestling is, is that you go in there, your opponent is trusting you to protect them at all costs. And the same goes, you're hoping your opponent is going to protect you at all costs. Uh, rather, you hope your opponent uh, protects you. That's what I mean to say. I don't really want to see Kyrie Sane and Nia Jax get back in the ring together. But obviously they're going to be finishing up this feud uh, up until Backlash with Asuka because Nia Jax is going to be facing Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. But when that's over, when Asuka retains the Raw Women's Championship. Nia Jax needs to go back to developmental. She needs to go back to the Performance Center, and she needs to learn basics again. She needs to go back. Um, I mean, some people may seem like uh, you know, oh, you're you're not a wrestler. You're just a fan speaking. I'm like, yeah, I'm a fan speaking, but at the same time, I wouldn't be saying things about wrestlers if it wasn't happening. It's clear as day that you need to protect your opponent in the ring. I mean, sure, wrestlers get hurt and things can happen. But there is an entire there's an, there's videos on YouTube of the botches that Nia Jax has made. There there's a whole compilation where she 
had a match. She botched a match with Charlotte. Had two botches in a match with Charlotte about three years ago, where she went to go for a running uh, a power slam, and Nia goes to slam Charlotte, and her head hits Charlotte's head. Back of her head hits Nia's knee. Charlotte goes for that corkscrew like moonsault, and Nia like just barely catches her. There's obviously the thing with uh, Becky Lynch where she just smashes her face, breaks her nose, gives her a concussion that ultimately was a blessing in disguise, but she was rewarded with a title push against a title match against Ronda Rousey for hurting Becky. I, I didn't seem think that was very good at all, honestly. Um, there was a match where she hurt Bailey before Bailey was supposed to face Alexa Bliss for the Raw Women's Championship at SummerSlam in 2017. Uh, and Bailey hurt her arm, and I believe she may have pulled Bailey on that arm, in hurting it in even more. There was even a botch where Bailey was on was sitting on the mat holding her arm and Nia goes for a an elbow drop and Bailey's not even on the ground. It's just she's gotta go back and learn. Gotta go back and learn. If she doesn't want this shit to happen anymore, fans don't want this shit to happen anymore. I mean you're in the biggest wrestling company in the world. You should know how to work and you've been on the main roster for this long. You should know what you're doing at this point. You shouldn't have to these botches shouldn't need to be happening. In my humble opinion. A uh, few other things that happened in this week um the controversial tweet that Jackson Riker put up um, don't like to get political on this podcast. I do not like to speak my political opinion. Uh, politics is not something I like to talk about. It's, it's the wrestling podcast. I like to talk about wrestling. Uh, this made a lot of waves, especially with what is going on currently in the world and in the U in the United States. Um, he put out a tweet saying, I'm thankful for the president of the United States. We have God bless America built of freedom, forgotten no more. Um, in a time where majority of people are very much against Donald Trump at the moment, him saying that was not smart. It's his opinion, but an opinion's like an asshole. Everybody's got one. A lot of people um, have been spoken out about this. A lot of other wrestlers. Mustafa Ali being one of them. I'm thankful you posted this because now I'm aware what you stand for. When black brothers and sisters are crying, you praise someone that refuses to acknowledge their hurt. Uh, Joey Janela replies to the tweet and says, someone's going to take a shit in your gear bag. Someone uh, replies to him saying, typical liberal response is, which is hate, uh, sorry, typical liberal response, which is hate related, which is hate related, would expect nothing less. Thumbs up emoji. Joey Janela says, sorry, pal, not a liberal, just obviously know what's wrong. Um, someone posted a clip of Hangman Adam Page from Being the Elite saying, I'll politely ask you to shut the fuck up. That's my one F-bomb for the episode. And Adam, uh, Adam Page responds and says, politely. Uh, Ricochet responds, says... I get you're a, quote, bad guy on TV, and I'm hoping that's all this is. Even even then, that ain't it. But if this is actually your true thoughts, I'll be really sad, man, with a bit of a frowning face emoji. Kevin Owens speaked out towards this. The freedom you speak of... The freedom you speak of entitles you to speak your mind all you want. I'm not here to argue that. I just really need to tell you that I think you pushing your shitty wrestling catchphrase as all of this is happening is absolutely effing pathetic. Good night. Dave Batista had speak, spoken out about this too. Uh, 
I'm just keeping him nameless because he's a sorry ass MFer who I refuse to let ride my coattails. He gets no love from me. He gets no rub from me. He gets no love from me. He gets no rub from me. And if he would like to discuss it in person, we have enough mutual acquaintances that will be able uh, he will find me easily. Um, he had also said in a previous tweet, not you, I was talking about my peer who had the nerve to post that ignorant-ass tweet supporting a hashtag fake president who is indicating violence and posing with Bibles like he's a decent human being, speaking the words of a dictator white people uh, while people are being gassed in the streets. Um, that's about all I could find at the moment. Jackson Riker had a lot of uh, choice words to say. And someone dug up his Facebook uh, profile, and from a year ago, he put up saying, touchy subject, but all this Black Lives Matter garbage baffles me. I challenge anyone of color or race to, to go watch 12 Years a Slave with the movie and realize how good you actually have it. Learn heritage, Christ, Gandhi, Buddha, that all taught love and caring for others. This is getting out of hand. Pray for this nation daily. This is something, that's something from a year ago, and that's obviously not um, what not what uh, was going on currently in the world. But the fact that he said this Black life, Lives Matter garbage, um, I would think it's your God-given right as an American to speak your mind and to make your opinion heard and your voice heard, and you have the right to say what you want. Um, but again, just because you have the right to say it, doesn't mean you really should say it. And he hasn't gone and defended his opinion. He hasn't gone to, uh, say why this is how I feel or anything. The following tweet he had led up was with, uh, his cousin saying, uh, posting something on Instagram that is little cousin or something true or something. I, I don't know. Um, and it's just kind of a lot of heat from a lot of the different wrestlers. I would just say in the current time, I would not be speaking out publicly of your opinion of our president uh, with the dark times that's going on. And Jackson Riker uh, decided to do that. Again, it's his right, it's his opinion, but like I said, just because it's your right and just and you you have the freedom to say it should you say it I won't touch too much on that it just caught a lot of waves this week so I figured I'd just touch on it briefly uh, another thing is that apparently Dominic Dijakovic is going to be called up to Monday Night Raw pretty soon with uh, Dijakovic even tweeting the picture of the United States Championship um, I, with Dijakovic, with the rumors of him coming to Raw, and now Matt Riddle being on SmackDown, I don't know which one I think will do better. Um, I really lost faith for all people going to NXT, to the main roster. I've lost all faith. Because of the history that's been going on with NXT call-ups. Um, I would love for Dijakovic and I would love for Matt Riddle to do really well on the main roster. And I spoke about Matt Riddle coming on to SmackDown, but at the time it wasn't confirmed. Um, but I just think, I kind of get the feeling Matt Riddle would do, might do better. Considering he's on SmackDown. I'm not sure. Uh, but all it takes is one bad day. Vince is in a bad mood, and he just goes, Hey, bro, what's up? And then Vince goes, Bury him. So that's what could happen. But uh, it's interesting that Dijakovic posted the picture of the U.S. title, and I was just doing a little fantasy booking in my head. I can see Apollo Crews continuing his feud with Andrade, maybe leading it to Backlash, and, and Andra uh, Apollo retains. Dijakovic... Uh, attacks Cruz, like just, just decimates Cruz after the match over and over and over again. And he can feud with Cruz for the title. Um, I think those two could have a really good lengthy program for like about a month or so. 
uh, maybe month and a half, give them a few a uh, few matches on TV, match on pay per view, and I think they could really work well together. Uh, Sean has expressed again how much he likes Apollo Cruz and how underutilized he is, and I'm glad to see him getting a spotlight here. Um, but Dijakovic, I think, could be could again. Everybody could do really well if they're booked correctly. And I think because Dijakovic is a bigger guy, um, Vince could probably get behind him. Um, I also think that once Andrade's done with uh, chasing the U.S. title back from Apollo Crews, I think once I never really think he will lose to Apollo Crews again, him and Angel Garza should go into the tag division because I think they'd work really well together. Um, speaking of Dijakovic, uh, Daniel Bryan had revealed who he'd like to face uh, in the ring. Uh, he did an interview with Renee Young and CM Punk on WWE backstage, and uh, Punk had asked him, you know, who are some guys that you want to face that are outside the WWE? And first, Bryan had listed a few guys in WWE. He said, one, Big E. He said, I don't understand how big, like, this guy is great and how he hasn't been pushed to the the moon is beyond me. He said another one is Grand Metalik. He thinks Grand Metalik is the epitome of uh, lucha style wrestling in WWE, like in the world today. And he thinks he's absolutely incredible, and would just love to work with him more. You know, other guys he had mentioned was uh, in NXT Dominic Dijakovic. He would love to work with Dijakovic and just say that he'd love to work like six months of uh, of live events with him. And he could just have so much fun. Uh, other guys he mentioned were Keith Lee. Uh, he mentioned Will Ospreay. That he met wrestled Zack Sabre Jr. And that he'd love to wrestle Zack Sabre Jr. again. Um, a lot of potential great matches that Daniel Bryan could have. Um, it's just a matter of can he have them. With Dijakovic, Lee, Dijakovic Keith Lee, Big E, Grand League, Those obviously all can happen. Um, Will Ospreay and Zack Sabre Jr. Never say never as far as who's going to come to WWE at some point because Zack Sabre did come in for a little bit for the Cruiserweight Championship, uh, Cruiserweight Tournament. But um, I think Brian will probably be retired before if Zack Sabre or Will Ospreay wanted to come to WWE. And I just don't see them coming for a long time. I think Brian will be retired by the time they consider going. Um, so the thing that happened in the news, well, NXT is that, uh, Drake Maverick has re-signed with the WWE. Um, he had made it all the way to the finals of the Cruiserweight Championship Tournament. Uh, he had lost to El Hijo del Fantasma. He is the interim Cruiserweight Champion. Um, the fans being, well, those are... Uh, performance and her talent uh, with them being in the crowd and clapping and being and you know cheering Drake on it's nice to see uh, WWE have some fans in attendance even if they are under the you know the books of the company um, you know Drake Maverick he was really emotional he's, he's a great actor honestly he can get really great emotion uh, into a match uh, he's great with comedy he's just great all around and you know whether this was a work or a shoot at the end of the show you know Drake Maverick you know he thanks everyone he waves he's you know he's got tears in his eyes Triple H comes out gives him a hug uh, and then he hands him a contract and Drake Maverick signs the contract and he is re-signed with the WWE uh, whether or not he had actually done it or not because if he did, you know, you're not reading the fine print of the contract there, Drake. Like, the fine print of the contract can be, we can put you in a cuck storyline whenever we want. Um, no, I think overall, it's been splitting a lot of people as to what they think about this whole situation. Uh, a lot, half, half the people who have heard this think that, you know, that's really great. Drake Maverick had a really emotional video when he initially lost his job. Um, but you know, he's, he fought his way back and, and they, they saw that and they're like, yeah, bring bring him back. 
other people have been uh, been like, that's very distasteful. There are still a lot of people who lost their jobs. Uh, Leo Rush being one of them, pretty much saying that, you know, he thinks it's uh, a mockery to do a work shoot angle uh, when all these other people who have lost their jobs and who have kind of suffered uh, nothing against Drake Maverick. He's happy that he got his job back. He just thinks that it's just a damn shame that they're kind of basing it off of that and the whole situation with all those wrestlers who were released at the initial time almost a month ago at this point. Maybe longer. But Drake Maverick is back. I, I, I think that he can really be a great underdog babyface in a time where NXT kind of needs it. I don't know if he'll ever be NXT champion, but with Johnny Gargano now in this new heel role of his, I just don't see. Uh, I, I, well, not, I don't see. I see that Drake Maverick could fill that role. You know, maybe you could get him to like the mid card or, or just like he, maybe he's that underdog babyface who just barely wins the NXT championship or almost wins you know he, he's that he fits that character really really well and uh i'm glad to see that he's back because it was really heartbreaking to watch that video and him not knowing about his future so i'm sure he is over the moon and overjoyed that he got his job back honestly in my personal opinion i i thought at first i was like mm, i don't know about this but they made it work and as long as you can make the storyline work, I think that's what matters most. As long as it's not too incredibly distasteful to the audience uh, that's watching. Um, so a few other things that happened. Um, one being uh, that happened on Monday Night Raw. Nothing happened on Monday Night Raw. Kind of like jumping all over the place here. But um, that Rey Mysterio was supposed to have a retirement segment this past Monday. Rey Mysterio didn't have a retirement segment. He was in his home with his son Dominic, and he says he's not really sure what the future holds for him. And he leaves. Dominic says Seth Rollins... Pretty much says Seth Rollins is coming out for revenge. You know, there's an eye for an eye. Um... This is another thing of WWE doing something, saying they're going to do something, and then they saying, well, we told you that it was going to be this, and it's not actually that. Like Goldberg appearing on SmackDown, it, it drew millions, uh, like, well, it drew a bigger rating for whenever that episode aired. It's like, Goldberg's going to be on SmackDown via satellite. Um, It's just... I don't know, it's just that carny thing of wrestling, you know? They say, oh, Rey, Rey Mysterio retirement segment, you know? And then Rey Mysterio's like, oh, I don't know what the future holds for me. Here's how it probably should have went down. It probably should have been... It probably should have been this. One, either if you're going to have it from his home, Rey Mysterio just, just flat out saying, I'm not exactly sure what the future holds for me. But don't advertise it as a Rey Mysterio retirement segment because you are saying, hey, Rey Mysterio's retiring. And then he's like, well, I don't know what the future holds. That's just false advertisement. Or you could have had a retirement segment on Raw. Rey Mysterio's there. He speaks directly into the camera to the fans. And he just says... You know, I've loved it here, blah, blah, blah. My career has been great. I have nothing to be ashamed of, blah, 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 blah. And whatever he says. And then Seth Rollins comes out and tries to egg him on. Dominic can be there and they can do everything. Like, you can make it... The character of Rey Mysterio can be like, yes, you know, I am retiring. This is it. And then Rollins can egg him on. And then that sets up the match between him and Rollins at Backlash. You don't have to do... Oh, Ray Mysterio retirement se- uh, Ray Mysterio retirement segment. He's retiring, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't know, pal. I might, I might not." It's it's just ridiculous, and it's just another thing of main roster stories just not being executed well. I don't know. Just I just don't like seeing it. I don't like seeing that at all. It's just ridiculous. Uh, getting to a few of the things that happened this week. Um, it appears that um, let's get into a little bit of AEW that happened. 
Uh, FTR had revealed the tag teams of who they want to face in AEW. They said, you know, they obviously had uh, wanted to come to AEW because of all the tag teams that are in AEW. You know, they think Butcher and Blade are great. The Young Boys, known as Private Party. Uh, the Lucha Bros, you know, because they want to teach them actual tag team wrestling. You know, hold the damn tag rope. Um... You got, he's like, you know, Santana and Ortiz, the uh, the best friends. And he's like, let's not forget the AEW tag team champions, uh, Omega and Paige. You know, they're not really an actual tag team, but they're the tag team champions, and we want those tag team titles. Um, and Tony Schiavone had said, you know, I find it interesting that you did not mention uh, the Young Bucks. And FTR had pretty much said that they didn't come to AEW to face the Young Bucks. They said uh, that the Young Bucks isn't a dream match for them, and they got tired of hearing Big Dog Dave Meltzer praise them over the years. Cash Wheeler says they didn't attack the Bucks because they don't want any excuses when they finally face and defeat them. Uh, but the FDR's first tag team opponents uh, next week on Dynamite are going to be the Butcher and the Blade. Um, it should be a, it should be a fun, entertaining match. You know, just it's gonna it's gonna highlight. Uh, you know, uh, FTR. It's going to highlight their skill. It's going to get them uh, a big win. Well, not a big win, but, but a win on Dynamite and help to solidify them uh, and kind of rebuild them at this point. We all know how good they are. We all have seen some of their great matches over the years with DIY, with... Um, they had a really great uh, triple threat tag match against uh, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable and... Uh, I believe Aleister Black and Ricochet. They had great tag matches with the New Day. Uh, my, my favorite uh, tag match they had, one of, if not maybe my favorite they've had, was against the Undisputed Era against Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish in NXT, uh, which that was incredible. Again, I highly recommend going back and finding that match and watching it. It was on free TV. And it was such a damn good match, um, just absolutely great. And we again, we've seen the FTR be great over the years, and it's kind of just like a rebuilding phase, you know, just kind of rebuilding thing, you know, because I think they want to do this match all the way to all out, maybe, maybe push it a little further. Um, y- you build up this tag team, and what I, what I think is going to happen is that I think they're going to build FTR up. There's going to be some things, some confrontations here and there with the Young Bucks. They're not actually going to have a match. Maybe they'll brawl a little bit. But what I see happening is I see I see FTR taking the tag titles off of Omega and Page, And I see at All Out we get FTR versus the Young Bucks for the uh, AEW tag team titles. I think that's the feud where we'll finally see the Young Bucks become the AEW Tag Team Champions. Because as fans of the Young Bucks and FTR, it's the match that I want to see the most, and a lot of wrestling fans want to see the most. Because those two teams have been classified as the two best tag teams in the world today. When you talk about the best tag teams in the world, you talk about them, uh, the Young Bucks, FTR, you know, private parties on that list, the Lucha Bros., Santana and Ortiz, Undisputed Era, Usos, The New Day, and the list goes on and on all over the world. But there is no doubt in my mind that AEW have the best tag team division in the world. I've said it a million times they have the best tag team division in the world. But I think that's what they're building towards. You want to build up FTR, have them go through the NXT, uh, I'm sorry, the AEW tag division, have them beat teams like Butcher and Blade, Best Friends. Private Party, Lucha Bros, until eventually they get to Omega and Page, they win the tag titles, and they will get to the Young Bucks. And with those guys, I'm sure they can wrestle forever, and I would not care. I would be like, yes, more FTR and Young Bucks. Yes, please. Um, Cody Rhodes had beaten Jungle Boy to retain the TNT title in AEW Dynamite this week, uh, and next week he'll be facing Mark Quinn on Dynamite. Um... I like that they're going to have Mark Quinn get a big singles match against Cody. Um, Mark Quinn, a part of the Private Party, along with Isaiah Cassidy. Um, Private Party get a lot of comparisons today to being like the, this, like, like the new Young Bucks. 
they get very similar. They're very similar to the to the Young Bucks and the Hardys. Um, I think that Mark Quinn could be a huge, huge solo star in AEW. He's got charisma. The guy can move. He can go like he is incredible in the ring. And I truly think he could be a great solo star in AEW one day if Private Party if Private Party decide to break up. Um so this will be I believe Mark Quinn's first singles match in AEW. And to have against a guy like Cody, I th- I think I think that's what Cody's gonna be doing for the time being every week on Dynamite is giving everybody a shot at the title and have them face these younger guys like Jungle Boy and Isaiah Cassidy and maybe a Darby Allen and see what happens. To kind of build upon them and so they can get into a position where Cody is currently uh, on the card. So I'm looking forward to that match uh, next week on Dynamite. It's uh, going to be a good show. There's other matches like um, Sammy Guevara versus Cabana, Inner Circle versus Orange Cassidy and the Best Friends. So I believe that Santana and Ortiz, Jake Hager against Chucky e. T, Trent Beretta, and Orange Cassidy. Because after Chris Jericho beat Colt Cabana, uh, Orange Cassidy came out to the ring. Um, I mean, Dynamite and NXT have been doing very well the past couple of weeks. Uh, it's just a shame that I have not been able to watch uh, both shows uh, every week. Uh, trying to keep up with double or, the build to double or nothing, and now the build over to uh, the build over to AEW. I'm sorry, NXT. Um, NXT takeover in your house, which the card is very stacked. The card's stacked. It's gonna be it's gonna be a very good show. Um, and I guess without further ado, we should probably get into the predictions for a. I'm sorry, I keep messing that up. For NXT TakeOver in your house. So, let's get right into it. Um, So, the card is... We have Mia Yim, Tegan Knox, and Shotzi Blackheart versus Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, and Raquel Gonzalez. Um, I get the feeling that they might put this match on first. I think they might put this match on first, so I'm going to go with the babyface team of Yim, Knox, and Shotzi Blackheart. Um, I'm not entirely sure about it. If this doesn't go first, then I'm going to be nervous a little bit, maybe. I don't know. Not nervous, but like, ah, damn, I might get that wrong. But I know Candice LeRae just recently turned heel. And you still want to build upon that. But I think if she's not the one who takes the pin, I think they'll be fine. Um, I'm going to say the the babyface team. uh, Because the main rivalry here is Mia Yim and uh, Candice LeRae. Next is Finn Balor versus Damian Priest. Um, I've been thinking about this match for a while. Just thinking, this is a match really neither guy can afford to lose, in my opinion. Because Damian Priest, I feel like, hasn't been utilized very well in his time in NXT. I feel like they've kind of dropped the ball with Finn Balor. I mean, I remember when he came back to NXT, everyone's like, oh my god, Finn Balor's back in NXT. But now, it's like, uh, what's, what are you done lately? I'm Finn Balor's still great. It's just things are kind of, I think maybe some things that have been haltered are probably because, you know, he was supposed to have a program with Walter, and that didn't work out, unfortunately, because uh, due to the pandemic. And I think it's kind of just a placeholder for it. But um, I think you still need people to care about Finn Balor. I think you still need to get ratings. Well, they, they, they care about ratings. I think you need to try and get your ratings up. So I'm going to go with Finn Balor here. I'm not entirely sure, but I think Finn Balor will win. And I just think Finn Balor needs it just a little bit more than Damian Priest, because I think I feel like a lot of more people care more about Dam- uh, Finn Balor than Damian Priest. Next up is Tommaso Ciampa versus Karrion Cross, and Karrion Cross's debut takeover match. And what better way to say we're going all in with you than you're getting a takeover match against 
one of the greatest, arguably the greatest NXT champion of all time in Tommaso Ciampa. Um, that's, they have very similar personalities. They have very similar in-ring style, from what I understand. I haven't really seen Karrion Cross go too much as far as one of, like, maybe his matches outside before he came to NXT. But, um, I think Karrion Cross needs the win here. I don't know how the match is going to go. I get a feeling maybe it could go for, like, it could be one of those matches, like a shocking match, like like John Cena and Brock Lesnar in, in SummerSlam 2014. I think that Cross could nearly destroy Tommaso Ciampa. And I think still things will still be okay for Tommaso. I just think they're going to go all in with with Karrion Cross, and he's got the total look. You know, the entrance is great, the theme song is great, with him when him as real life Scarlett Bordeaux. Um, so yeah, I'm going with Karrion Cross to for the win here. Uh, next is Charlotte Flair versus Io Shirai versus Rhea Ripley in a triple threat match for the NXT Women's Championship. Um, I've seen a lot of people of saying you know they think that. Rhea will win or Io will win. I unfortunately don't necessarily see that. Um, I honestly think Charlotte will retain. Um, I don't think that she's held the belt for that long. I don't think they'll just give it to e- uh, to Io or give it back to Rhea. I think they they're gonna want to build to a match between. Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair again SummerSlam weekend and doesn't look like and we're not going to get any crowds at that point either but I just feel like they're going to build to that match again with Rhea and Charlotte where um, Rhea will get back the title that's just how I feel at least Um, because I honestly just see Io Shirai in there to take the pin so uh, Rhea can get her rematch against Charlotte Next up, we have Keith Lee versus Johnny Gargano. And honestly, this is probably the match I'm looking forward to the most out of all the matches on the, the entire card. I think that uh, this is going to be really, really, really great. And as I'm looking back here, I'm, th- I'm kind of predicting mostly heels. And I'm, ba- and I'm about to predict another heel. I think Johnny Gargano will win. I think Johnny Gargano will uh, win the NXT North American Championship. Um... I think Candice LeRae will get involved somehow, and you know he'll Johnny will kind of cheat to win, maybe get his foot foot up on the rope or something. Who knows? Or or Candice could hit Keith Lee with like you know punch him like brass knuckles or hit him with a chair or something, and then Gargano hits a super kick or gets him the Gargano escape, and and Keith Lee passes out. I'm just really excited for this because it's going to be great because I think Keith Lee is going to move on to bigger and better things in NXT. He's one of those guys who will either they're going to want to bring him to the top of the card or they're going to want to get into the main roster. I hope it's not the main roster and I hope they just hot shot him to the NXT title picture. So I'm going to go with Johnny Gargano because I think they're going to move Keith Lee up uh, to bigger and better things. And finally, we have Adam Cole versus the Velveteen Dream in a backlot brawl for the NXT title uh, with the stipulation that if Velveteen Dream loses, he can't challenge for the title as long as Cole is champion. So, um, I think that Adam Cole will retain here. Apparently, this match has already been filmed. I think somehow Arrow's going to get involved. You know, Fish, O'Reilly, and, and Strong, I think they're going to get involved somehow. Um, I'm interested to see what it's going to be like, but I just think that Cole will retain. Uh, and I also think that with my previous prediction of Keith Lee moving up in the card, I think that he will be the one to dethrone Adam Cole for the NXT Championship because there was a lot of later, like, you know, sometime in tail end of 2019, Keith Lee was on, still, I think, is on fire. I still think he's on fire. You know, he was going after Era. He had a match with... um I believe it was Champa, Balor, and Keith Lee to winner would face Cole for the championship, and a lot of people really wanted Keith Lee to win that match. I really wanted Keith Lee to win that match to face Adam Cole. 
Uh, you know, he eventually took the NXT North American Championship off of Roderick Strong. Um, but I just feel like it's going to be Adam Cole to retain this match. And I feel like Keith Lee will go on to win the NXT Championship from Adam Cole. And at that point, you know, Cole will solidify him himself really as the greatest NXT champion of all time, if he hasn't already. I mean, he's the longest reigning NXT champion in the in the, the brand's history. So Keith Lee, I think, is absolutely amazing. And he should be in NXT for a while. He should stay in NXT, and I think he can hold on to that title for a long, long time. Um, you know, not to say that that um, Keith wouldn't be great on the main roster. It's just that you, you need to have faith in the booking, and I don't have faith in the booking. Um, plus, also going to my previous prediction of Johnny Gargano, I think with him and his new heel character, he should win the NXT North American Championship. Keith Lee goes on to bigger and better things. Feuds with Adam Cole for the, for the NXT Championship, and that's that. And that appears like it's going to be the end of this episode this week, ladies and gentlemen. So thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Uh, NXT TakeOver in your house this Sunday on the WWE Network. Um, looking forward to that show a lot. Uh, Double or Nothing last week, uh, two weeks ago, and now TakeOver this weekend. I'm excited the TakeOvers are back, even if like it is limited capacity of like quote-unquote fans in the building. I still think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited for it. Um, please be sure to listen to us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, uh, Anchor.fm, Podbean, uh, wherever you can get your podcast formats. Uh, just look on our website on anchor.fm.com. Uh, Type in the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. It'll show you all the formats we are currently available on. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you're all staying safe. Hope you have a wonderful weekend, wonderful weekday, whatever you're listening to this. I am CJ Palmasano, and I will see you next time.